Good morning. My name is Pastor Jesse. Welcome to Worship Online for Marlton United Methodist Church. We're happy you're with us. Friends, if you notice anything different, I'm not in my office at the Parsonage today. Uh, last night, and I'm going to put a picture up on your screen, last night the roof in the, in the kitchen um, fell down. Uh, we had a bit of a water leak. So there's a builder at the house today um, doing work and, and fixing that. Um, and so I'm here at the church office doing a little bit of work um, and recording this sermon today for you. Um, every, everything is okay. You know, no one was hurt. Everything is fine. Um, again, just a little bit of noise at the parsonage. Um, today we're looking at Jonah chapter 3. When Jonah finally gets to Nineveh, finally preaches the message that God sent him for, and there we'll see what the Ninevites and what these Assyrians do in the face of God's big message for them. So let us worship God this morning. We'll open in song and we'll continue through our, our service. Are you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of sin? Jesus is calling. Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? Jesus is calling. Christ is real. 
to the screen. We'll talk for just a couple of minutes. Hey kids, my name is Pastor Jesse. Um, let's talk for a couple of minutes about this guy named Jonah that we keep talking about. This week, Jonah gets to the city of Nineveh and he tells them that God is angry with the way that they are living their lives. And so I found something online that I wanted us to look at so that way we could talk about what does it mean when God wants our lives. So let's look at this cup and let's imagine this cup is our lives. And we put the cup onto the table, and it says we look into the box and we see that we have a bunch of uh, a bunch of popcorn kernels. I love popcorn. Popcorn is great, and the popcorn is what is God's love for us. It's it's the way that God loves us. And so what it says is we should pour the popcorn into the cup. Okay, that didn't work. Um, I'm going to have to sweep all this up, but let's look at it in a minute. Oh, pour the popcorn into the cup. Okay, that makes more sense. So I think what we're trying to see is that when we listen to God, when we are facing the right way, when we are turned to God, our cups will be full, full of popcorn, but 
but full of good things from God. But if we're turned away from God, if we're not facing God, if, if we're not doing the right thing, then God's love might miss us. We might have popcorn all over the table or all over the desk. We, we might not be exactly, exactly facing God, and, and so we might miss out on some of the good things that God does. But when we flip the glass over, when we repent, and repent is a big word that means turn around. When we turn around from the bad things in life, when we turn around from the bad things we do, when we face God, then our cup can be full of popcorn. And that's what Jonah says to the Ninevites. Jonah says, guys, you have to listen to God. You can't be mean and you can't be violent. You can't be hurting people. You have to be good. And so the Ninevites, they, they turn their cup upside down. They apologize to God and say, God, we have sinned and we are sorry. And God forgives them. Let's pray. Hey, God, when we are turned away from you, we are sorry. But when we repent and turn around and face you, we know that you love us and will forgive us. That we will welcome you into our lives and into our hearts. Amen. Have a good week, kids. I'll see you soon. Chapter 3, Jonah goes to Nineveh. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now Nineveh was a very large city, and it took three days to go through it. Jonah began by going a day's journey into the city and proclaiming, Forty more days, and Nineveh will be overthrown. The Ninevites believed God. A fast was proclaimed, and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. When Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, and covered himself with sackcloth, and sat down in the dust. This is the proclamation he issued in Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles. Do not let people or animals, herds or flocks, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink, but let people and animals be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Who knows? God may yet relent, and with compassion, turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring on them the destruction he had threatened. This is the word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our Creator, our Redeemer, and our Sustainer. Amen. Amen. Friends, have you ever broken a glass before? Have you ever knocked one over on the counter in the kitchen or dropped one? Have you ever seen one shatter into a million little pieces? I'm not going to do that here. This is one of the uh, glasses I was able to grab from the kitchen upstairs, but turns out it's getting a lot of use today. When I was little, I had to be six or seven because that is the only time I've ever lied to my mother. 
My mother told me a story about a glass. She says, Jesse, when you lie to me, it's like you took a glass and you broke it and it shatters into thousands of little pieces. And then you try to pick it back up and, and put it back together, but there's always gonna be gaps in the glass. There's always gonna be water that comes out of the glass. Even if you think you get all of it, it can't be perfectly fixed. And I thought about that a lot. I thought about wanting to put the glass back together, wanting to, to rebuild my mother's trust, finding ways that, that she knew that I wouldn't keep lying to her, especially because I'm quite afraid of my mother. I'm 30 years old. I'm happy to admit that I'm terrified of that woman. Um, she's a sweetheart, as many of you know, um, or will learn to know, but I, I don't think you ever stop being afraid of your mother. But I kept trying to find a way how I could fix that glass, how I could make that glass solid, make, make all those little slivers go away, make it, make it better. Now, I don't know if, if we could do that with a regular glass yet, but I know with God that that is possible. Um, and one of the ways that we're going to see is in Jonah chapter 3, when we repent, um, again, that word we talked about in the children's message, when we turn around, God forgives us, and God's forgiveness is complete. It is full. It fixes the glass and all the little cracks in the glass. But let's look at Jonah, and let's talk about what's happening when he goes to Nineveh, and then maybe we can see what exactly happens with the Ninevites and when they repent. So the beginning of chapter 3, it starts with, The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, saying, Get up. Go to Nineveh, that great city, and proclaim to it the message that I tell you. Now, we saw this in Jonah chapter 1. This is how the beginning of Jonah starts. The word of, the God, uh, the word of Lord comes to Jonah, and Jonah has to respond. Now, this is where it changes. In verse 3, so Jonah set out and went to Nineveh. Jonah gets up and goes to Nineveh, and part of me wonders if if we didn't have chapter 1 and 2, we'd read that and go, okay, that sounds good. Thank you, Jonah. We wouldn't have to go through the whole story of Jonah getting swallowed by the big fish. We wouldn't have to go through the story of the big storm that Jonah uh, encounters when Jonah runs away from God. I think he has to go through all these different things so that way when the word comes to Jonah, he gets up and Jonah goes. Continues on in verse 3, Nineveh was an exceedingly large city, a three days walk across. And Jonah began to walk into the city. He went a day's walk and then he cried out, 40 days more and Nineveh shall be overthrown. 40 days more and, and Nineveh will be overthrown. Now, sometimes I wish I could preach that simple and that small of a, of a sermon. Sometimes I wish my sermons were that easy. Repent and you will be forgiven. And maybe that is a perfectly valid sermon. That's what John the Baptist preaches. But sometimes I think we need to explain just a little bit more what is going on. But it's so far in these four short verses, we've seen a whole lot of information that continues our story of Jonah that I think is important for us to look at before we see how the Ninevites respond. Again, uh, I'm going to pull up the map that, that's up on your screen right now. Jonah started in Gath Heifer. He was told to go to Nineveh and instead runs toward Tarshish, runs to the end of the earth. Now, Nineveh, Nineveh is the capital of Assyria. 
The Assyrians, which we'll read about later in 2 Kings, the Assyrians are the ones who attack Israel and eventually overthrow the northern kingdom. The Assyrians are the enemy. They are the ones who who um, we see in, in quite a number of the prophets and quite a lot of scripture. Assyria and Babylon are the enemies of Israel. And so when God tells Jonah to get up, to go into that city, to preach against them, Jonah's going into the enemy. Jonah is going Jonah is going into the capital city of the people who hate him and Jonah as a good Jew hates them back. And so in verse 4 when Jonah cries out 40 days more and Nineveh should be over Nineveh shall be overthrown. Jonah is happy with this message. 40 days and Nineveh will be destroyed. Because the Lord is coming after you because you are killing the Israelites, because you are attacking us, because you are evil and violent. God is coming to overthrow you, Nineveh. And I'm excited for it. And then the people of Nineveh, the Ninevites, do something extraordinary which changes the entire nature of Jonah's message, changes the entire nature of the book of Jonah, and then sets us up for the very end of Jonah where, where Jonah and God are going to fight with one another over the nature of God, over who God is. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's look at chapter 5. The people of Nineveh believed God. They proclaimed a fast, and everyone, great and small, put on sackcloth. The news reached the king of Nineveh. He rose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. Even the king of Nineveh, the king of Assyria, the king who has been killing these Israelites for, for ages, even the king believes in God and humbles himself. He covered himself with sackcloth. He sat in ashes. This, in, in uh, biblical times, in the, in the Hebrew Bible, in the Old Testament, this would have been a sign of mourning. They believed God and believed that God was going to destroy them. And so they were starting to mourn the destruction of their city. They were mourning the destruction of their city, that God was going to come and destroy them. And so they knew it was going to happen and knew that there was nothing they could do. Then the king made a proclamation in Nineveh. By decree of the king and his nobles, no human being or animal, no herd or flock shall taste anything. They shall not feed, nor should they drink water. Human beings and animals shall be covered with sackcloth, and they shall cry mightily to God. All shall turn from their evil ways and from the violence that is in their hands. Everyone in this city has to stop. Everyone in the city has to maybe quarantine themselves, but everyone in the city has to stop being violent, put on a face of mourning, and, and be sorry for their sins. And then in verse 9, it says, who knows? God may relent and change his mind. He may turn from his fierce anger so that we do not perish. 
who knows, God might change God's mind. Who knows, God might forgive us. Who knows, God might relent in his punishment. Who knows, God might love us after all. Then in verse 10, when God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, God changed his mind about the calamity that he had said he would bring upon him, upon them, and he did not do it. God changed God's mind. I could, I could preach for months on that sentence alone. God saw what they did, and God changed God's mind. That God changed his judgment. That God changed his, his anger. That God, God slowed and loved the Ninevites. That is an important message for the world. That's an important message for, for me. That is an important message for all of us. The Assyrians were evil. They were, they were sinful. They were violent. They were killing Israelites. They were killing God's promised people, God's chosen people. They were attacking them, and partially because of Israel's sin, they would eventually go and, and tear down Israel from the Israelites. And yet, God relented from punishing them. God relented from killing them. God relented from the very message that he sends Jonah to. The very message he sent Jonah to Nineveh. Jonah runs to the end of the world. And after all of that, after the giant fish, after the big storm, after pointing Jonah in the right direction, after telling Jonah twice to go to the enemy and to tell them that God is going to destroy them, God forgives Nineveh. Period. That is huge. Friends, that is completely huge. Not only does, does Jonah get swallowed by a giant fish, and that is a big deal. Not only does God send a giant storm after the boat, which is also a big deal. Not only does Jonah turn around and, and walk toward God, and that is a big deal. And not only that the Ninevites... These, these warring tribes, this, this country that was attacking Israel, not only did they turn from their evil ways, which is also a big deal, but then God forgives them. Forgives these pagans. Forgive these, these people that should not have been forgiven. Forgave these people that, that Jonah in chapter 4 is going to say, how dare you, God? How dare you forgive them? Don't you know what they are doing to the Israelites? Don't you know who they are? Why will you forgive them? And yet, after all of that, God still loves them and God still forgives them. Maybe, I love what, what the king says in verse 9. Who knows? God may relent and change his mind. He may turn from his fierce anger and we will not perish. Who knows? They weren't Israeli. They weren't Israelites. They didn't know that God was a loving and forgiving God. They didn't know that, that this was in God's nature to love and forgive. They didn't know that. 
Jonah, this, this man who, by all accounts, you probably could have seen the fact that he was in the belly of a fish. His clothes were probably torn and bleached with acid. His hair was probably falling off. His skin was uh, blotched and showing signs that he had been in the belly of a fish. Not to mention the fish that had vomited him up on land that I'm sure people talked about. Not to mention the, the boat full of sailors who probably told that story to everyone they showed. Not to mention the fact that Jonah was under the water for three days and, and makes a miraculous recovery. They see all of these things and this is the man who comes in and says, you will be destroyed in 40 days. Of course they believed him. Of course I believed him. There, there isn't another man in this city who we would believe with a statement from God. This is a man who was saved from uh, the death under the ocean by a fish that God sent after him. We should listen to this man. Nineveh will fall. And yet, it doesn't. Because the Ninevites... They turned their cup over. The Ninevites were walking around like this saying, it is okay that we are evil. We can do whatever we want. And then they hear this message from God and they turn their cup the right side up. They turn their cup up so that way they can receive God's mercy. That way they can receive the popcorn. That way they can receive God's love and receive God's forgiveness. The Ninevites repented of their sins. They turned around from their sins. They started walking toward God and maybe they didn't know what they were doing. Maybe they didn't know the, the laws of Moses. Maybe they didn't understand uh, the, all the, the intricacies of, of Israelite living. Maybe they never prayed the sinner's prayer or the Lord's prayer. Maybe they didn't know the words to amazing grace, but God still saw what they did and forgave them. God saw what they did and God loved them. God saw what they did and did not bring the punishment that he said he was going to bring against them. Friends, it's simple. God wants to forgive us. God doesn't want us to sin. God doesn't want our cups to be upside down. God doesn't want us to, to not receive God's blessing. God wants us to to face him. God wants us to walk in the light. God wants us to, to be good people, to, to live the lives that God created us for. God wants us to live with our cups open that maybe we can pour the popcorn and maybe God can pour God's love into our cup. God wants that for us. And yet we still mess up. We still sin. We still um, are, are racist and abusive. We are still violent and warring. We are still divisive. And, and we do all of the things that disconnect us from God. We do all of the things that, that cause us to empty our cup and put our cup upside down. We do all of these things. And yet God still wants to love us. God still wants to forgive us. God still wants us to turn around and to face God. And so we have to repent. We have to repent of our sins. We have to repent of our, of our personal sins, of the sins that we have committed against God, against one another. We have to, to try to fix our cup. We have to try to stop lying. We have to apologize for the sins that we, that we commit to God. 
the times that we have put others in front of God, that we have put idols in front of God, the times that we have not loved God with our hearts, the times that we have not honored God or listened to God's word and his commandments. And we have to ask for forgiveness for the sins that we commit against one another, the sins of of when we lie or cheat or steal against someone else, the sins when we break the promises or break the oaths that we have made for others. We have to ask for forgiveness for those sins. We have to ask for the forgiveness of the sins that society is committing, the racism that we are committing, the violence that we are committing, the, the, the way that we are keeping the poor even poorer, the way that we are putting lives over money, that, or excuse me, money over lives, the way that we are saying that, that maybe if we open up the schools that, that 0.2 or 0.02% of children may, may die. That is 14,000 children who may die. That is a sin against humanity. That is a sin against each other. That is a sin against God. Who are we to say that one life is worth any amount of money? Who are we to say that one life isn't worth us closing down and keeping everyone safe? Not opening the building, not opening the the doors, not opening up anything, and instead waiting until we can be safe. These are... These are the sins that we have committed. George Floyd was, was murdered on the street and countless other men and women, uh, people of color who have been murdered by our police. There are sins that we have committed against humanity and we have to say that enough is enough. We have to ask for forgiveness and we have to name our sin. Repentance is not just about saying I'm sorry and facing God. Repentance has to include us naming what we have done, confessing our sins before God, confessing our sins before one another, confessing our sins out loud and owning them, and then turning around from them. The king says, human beings and animals shall be covered with sackcloth, and they shall cry mightily to God. All, all shall turn from their evil ways and from the violence that is in their hands. All must take on a posture of humility, a posture of mourning. All must confess their sins and turn away from violence and evil. And who knows? Maybe God will forgive us. Maybe God will hear us. In the Methodist church, we don't have confession in a confessional booth like some of our brothers and sisters in the Catholic faith um, and brothers and sisters in other faiths. Instead, our our confessions are public. Our confessions are are open to the world. Our confessions are, are before God, but also before each other. We come together in church and we pray, we pray a prayer of confession that is a public act of confession. And then we pray a private prayer of confession, a private time that we can confess our sins. This is our confessional prayer that is in our, our hymnal, our confessional prayer that, that we pray when we share communion with one another this confessional prayer that we, we confess our, God, our, prayer, our sins before God and before each other. Friends, let us pray this prayer in unison. Let us pray this prayer in one voice and as one body that we may confess of our sins 
And who knows, maybe God will relent. Let us pray. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Friends, hear the good news. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, God changed his mind about the calamity that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Amen. Sky.
Amen. Friends, a couple of quick announcements before we go. Uh, we are having youth group tonight at 5 p.m. It's outside in front of the hub, about an hour. Uh, we're just going to play a couple games, talk about Jonah a little bit, um, and make a plan for the next couple of weeks in August uh, to find stuff for us to do as we hang out. On Wednesday, uh, this is this Wednesday, the 22nd, at 6.30 p.m., we'll be having our weekly check-in. The Zoom meeting information is up on your screen we hope that you are there. I hope that you are there so I can meet you and uh, spend some time talking to you as, as we continue to go through this process. Uh, finally, a special shout out. If you have been faithful in your tithes and offerings, if you've been able to continue uh, to pay your offering or your tithe or your pledge, um, if you've, even if you've been able to stretch a little bit or, or if you had to, to scale back but you still have been able to Thank you. It has helped the church. We are in a position where we are able to pay our bills and our responsibilities, but we need to keep the work moving. I know our capital campaign has officially ended as of July 1st. I'm meeting with the finance team to get an idea of, of what the capital campaign looks like. Then I'm meeting with the trustees to figure out exactly what is the God at Work campaign moving toward and, and how we can start having that conversation together. But I just want to give a special thank out from a thank you from everyone here at Marlton UMC. Thank you for continuing to remain faithful. We do ask if if you have been unaffected by COVID that you do continue this process. I know that we haven't been in the building, and, and trust me, I want to see you. But we have to keep everyone safe and healthy. But I know we haven't been in the building, but that doesn't mean that our bills have ended. We have lowered utility costs. We have found ways to save money, but we still have bills that we have to pay as just part of ministry and part of the normal day-to-day -day business. And so up on your screen is a link to, to donate online, or if you have any questions um, about either our finances or, or how we are saving money, please reach out to the church. It really helps in, in any way that we can continue this process and continue our energy moving forward will, in the long run, enable us especially when we are back in person, to really hit the ground running together. Friends, as we close in song, hear this blessing. Who knows? Maybe God will forgive us. And the truth is, we know he will. Go as a forgiven and loved people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Friends, have a great week. I'll see you soon. Bye. Thank you.